This podcast is brought to you by Bet Rivers. Download the Bet Rivers app from the App Store or Google Play Store. Must be 21. Available in Ohio only. Void where prohibited. Terms and conditions apply. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Sports gaming is provided in partnership with Dayton Real Estate Ventures, LLC, DBA, Hollywood Gaming at Dayton Raceway. If you're a tennis fan, you'll love betting weekly game bet match on the Bet Rivers Network. Whether you're a better or just love tennis, you'll enjoy the in-depth analysis each week of the tennis calendar. Subscribe to Game Bet Match today from your favorite podcast provider. You're listening to Betting Weekly English Premier League on the Bet Rivers Network. Hey everybody, how's it going? Welcome back along to the Betting Weekly podcast on the Bet Rivers Network. Uh, Premier League action uh, is coming towards the business end now. Lots of big games down at the bottom of the table, at the top of the table in terms of the European places. So much to play for and so much football uh, coming our way over the next few days. Uh, I'm delighted to say that joining me uh, to sort of look through the games and come up with the best picks. Our first up, Jack Wright, um, who's uh, odds on favourite to win the best dressed on the Bet Rivers Network, I think. Over the Thanks years. for picking that one out, Harry. Very nice of you indeed. Cheers. How's it going? How are you? Superb, thank you. Yeah, yeah, really, really good. Um, yeah, having a great time. Bank holidays galore in the UK, isn't it? Sun's starting to shine, warming up a little bit. Perfect. And also joining us, uh, the main man, Mr. Nigel Seeley. Looking forward to the King's coronation, Nigel. I heard you'll be uh, on the mall with a pint of Stella. <laughs> yeah, I'm, no, I'm actually at the, uh, the official. I'm there in the in the in Westminster Cathedral. I've got my invite today. Uh, Lord and Lady Seeley will be there. Um, yeah, I'm looking forward to it. I haven't seen the, the King of Holland for a few months, so it's going to be nice to actually, to actually meet up with him. And the Duke of Westminster, he's always good for a few bevies and a bit of a laugh and some <laughs> stories after. Uh, so, yeah, I'm, I'm looking forward to it. I can't, I can't wait. I, I can't go to the after party, though, because um, there's Monday Night Football in England. So I've, I've told them and uh, uh, Andrew Lloyd Webber is really disappointed that I'm not there. But, uh, yes, I'm looking forward to it. <laughs> Love it. Good stuff, One thing is just what you, 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 you Jack, what is, is the odds on favourites to win the, uh, the best dressed um, person in the end of season? Because we win awards ceremony, but he's also the day he turned on with the roll neck. He's also the heavy odds on favourites to win the worst dressed uh, award as well. And um, you know, it's very much like the the smash hits pole winners party. <laughs> you know, the, the most fanciful male always used to be the same bloke who won the uh, the most unfanciful male. So that's the sort of marmite effect that Mister Wright has. But he does have a little fan. I've seen on on the YouTube. We, we have this young young lady who always comments that Jack will love hearts and all this kind of stuff. So right. the roll necks must the roll necks. The Rolex must Mrs. Ryan. The Rolex must be doing uh, must be doing well for him. But uh, he is he is favourite for both markets. So uh, I'm just looking minute. forward to meeting Pat Sharp there when he hands me the awards. That's the main thing. Well, we 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 haven't we've asked for some uh, some some sort of some award ceremony to be done, and uh, we have a few contenders. Bubble from Big Brother Five. He's he's, uh, he's he might want to he might want to, but he wants a bit more money. So we'll see what the budget lies. Um, you know, we might have Kenny Sampson, ex Arsenal play. He's he's on the shortlist. David so Hillier a, must be worth a shout because uh, Ian Selly, Ian Selly, Harry's mates, he get mates rates. <laughs> so we've got, we've got a few people who might want to present the uh, the end of season awards. We're looking forward to that as well. But so before we get there, we've got some massive uh, Premier League games, as you said, Harry. Indeed, we have. Uh, let's start off then uh, with the game between Manchester City and Leeds. Uh, we'll start with you, Nigel. Uh, Big Sam is back at Leeds United. They've reappointed, well, not reappointed, they've appointed Sam Allardyce, having sacked Javi Grazia with just four games to go. Manchester City 
would have been heavy favourites going into this game before that, still are, I'm sure. But does that change anything for you, Nigel? Or are you still pretty confident that Manchester City are going to win this and at a canter? I think it would change it if you were playing Bournemouth at home, or I think it would change it if you were playing Southampton at home or, or Brentford at home or Fulham, which I mean nothing to play for. The fact that you're going to Manchester City who are just playing the best football that we've probably ever seen in the Premier League at this moment in time, uh, I, don't, I don't think it changes absolutely anything. Uh, I think Leeds are deservedly getting some criticism for the way they've handled this situation. Uh, they've brought in the guy. He's clearly the wrong appointment. Um, they wanted to get three other players, uh, managers that they couldn't get because they were tied up and they didn't want to move until the end of the season. They approached three other managers and they just brought this guy in who knew from day one he, he, was, he wasn't the first choice. He probably wasn't even the 15th choice, but he was the one they could get in and just do a job. It, ha- it hasn't worked. It started off all right. It started off okay, but um, the same tactics as he used in the uh, in the wins have also been his downfall in defeats. They're good going forward, uh, and the, but they can't stop leaking goals. Uh, Patrick Bamford is having an absolute nightmare. I mean, when you've got create the chances and some of the, the miss he had against Leicester, it, it was just shocking. And, you know, it, he's always been that kind of player. And then when the, the pressure's on him, I think Leeds are going to struggle. Big Sam goes back. Um, if you look at the fixture list for Leeds, I, I just can't see where they're going to pick up points. I think they've got one winnable-ish home game. I can't remember who it is now. In the last other season, they played Tottenham, which could be, again, uh, a winnable one. But this is this is just, just it looks impossible, whoever's in charge. I think it, even if you stop swap the two managers, <laughs> and put Pep Guardiola in charge of Leeds and put Sam Allardyce in, in charge. Sorry, yeah, put Guardiola in Leeds and put Sam Allardyce in charge of Manchester City. I still would do the same bet while I'm considering here. Uh, I, I don't think for one moment that uh, it's going to change anything. Manchester City have just, we've spoken about it though, in times, you know, they just hit form and they've won their last 10 Premier League matches uh, at home. They've, they've just scored goals and they just know what they've got to do. And in all competitions, they just come good at the peak time when other teams in and around them struggle. And that's experience. I mean, when Liverpool won the Premier League title, they had to do it by winning every game because Man City were relentless when they, and when they finished second. And, and that's what they do at this stage of the season. Unfortunately for Arsenal, it looks like they're going to come short. But when you're up against this kind of side, you know, you, you've got to hold your head up high to say that you've pushed them all the way to the last three games of the Premier League season. Let's have a look at the stats here. Manchester City at home this season has scored 95 goals in all competitions. They've conceded 22 in 27 matches. So on average, they score 3.5 goals at the Etihad and they concede 0.8. So on any average game in the Premier League, if you work out the difference between the two, Manchester City should start a match around about 2.7 favourites. Now, obviously... They played tougher opposition like Arsenal, but they still covered that spread hand easily. They played Liverpool. They played the top teams in Europe as well in those stats. But against Leeds, this will be one of the times where they're the heaviest favourites in the Premier League. So you would think that if the average is 2.7, it should go up higher. If you look at their record against bottom half sides, they played uh, 10 times against bottom half sides. They've won by two or more goals in six of them. They've won by exactly two goals in three of them. And the only time they haven't covered a two-goal margin was in a one-one draw against Everton. Uh, they've won ten or more of their last. Te- they won by two or more in their last ten home games. Uh, in their last fourteen matches, they've won thirteen by twelve or uh, two or more. Um, Leeds no wins in five, six defeats in their last seven conceded in their last eleven matches, twenty-eight conceded in their last ten. 
I mean, what's Big Sam going to be able to do to change to take on Man City with those stats in in two days in charge at Ellen Road? Um, the bet I like here is Man City minus two on the Asian handicap at minus one twenty five. It's a push if they win by exactly two. Um, it doesn't matter who they put out. Haaland is on the the quest. He's, he's equal to the record now. He wants to beat it. Um, Man City will probably be looking to get 100 home goals in the Premier League. They could probably do it in this match already with 90, not in the Premier League, in, in, in the season, 95 goals already. And I just can't see any way that um, these are going to hold out here. I think Big Sam will work on the defence and I think they'll be much more defensive minded rather than attack minded. But against Man City, that's the worst tactic you can do in the world. If you want to beat Man City, you've got to go toe to toe with them and just hope for the best and convert your chances and hope they have a bad day. That's what Brentford did. That's what other teams have done against them in Europe, who've beaten them. Man City probably created more chances, had more possession, but just had a bad day offensively. The only way you're going to beat Man City is actually give it a go. If you sit back and pay them respect and play defensive, they'll grind you down and win three or four. And I expect another very, very comfortable three points for Man City on their relentless pursuit for the Premier League title. So Man City minus two, Asian handicap minus 125. It's a push if it's exactly two. Earlier in the season, it was 3-1 as well to uh, to Man City, so that would have covered as well. Man City's Erling Haaland did break the record last night for uh, oh, sorry. the Premier League goals. But he wants to break season. even more, I mean, you know, he, <laughs> wants to, he, he wants to go more, doesn't he? He wants to get to... I thought 40, he equaled it last night for some reason, yeah. No, he, he broke it last night, which is incredible when you think that the people that he surpassed had done it in 42-game seasons, and he's now done it, um, you know, just in a 38-game season, and we're not even at the end yet. Um, Jack, I know you're thinking along similar lines here. Um, talk to us about your selection and, and why yours is different to Nigel's. Yeah, pretty much the same. Well, exactly the same thought process is here. Um, I've gone a little bit more aggressive in that I've gone for Manchester City on a minus one Asian handicap, but first half. So we need the first half result here to be, well, well one nil or a goal victory for Man City gets us a push. Um, two or more gets us to win. And like I say, yeah, it's the, it's the same thought process as, as Nigel there. He's gone through all the stats as to why Man City are so good and, and Leeds are so bad. Um, had a look at Leeds more than than Man City here, just to dig into the detail of that, um, to go go what they've done. So they lost four of their last five. They shipped 18 goals in that period of time. They've also set a record uh, in April um, for the most goals conceded in a calendar month in the Premier League, beating Leeds' record, uh, their own record from pr- last season. And that's the f- um, most goals conceded in the calendar month in the top flight in England since 1986. So not a great setup to be going to the Etihad uh, who, against the Man City side on on absolute fire at the moment, as we've, we've all talked about and, and seen with our own eyes. So what can Sam do in this space of time? Well, they're calling him Fireman Sam at the moment. He's going to try and put out them fires, but... <laughs> Not a hope with this game, to be perfectly honest. It, it echoes the job that Dean Smith had when he went into Leicester. Um, his first game was at the Etihad against Manchester City, um, three down after half an hour. And then Pep kind of say called it a day there, didn't he? And so, so that's enough. We'll, we'll take that and, and move on. Uh, the thing for this, why I've gone for this one as well, is because... I just see City wanting to get this job done as early as possible. They're away at Real Madrid next week in the Champions League. So they will have a focus on that game and get this one done and then put those key players, 
however many they are, in, in Cottonwell, the likes of Haaland and um, Grealish. And, well, you could get, you could reel them off, couldn't you? There's so many. But that's what my thinking here is they want to get this one done as, as soon as possible. Um, I had a look. You know, people are saying about Sam Allardyce, what he's done, what he can do. Uh, I had a look at his last job appointment, which was two years ago in England now. That was at West Brom. So a similar situation. He was given a lot more time there. Um, he had 25 games to... Um, to try and uh, and save them from relegation. He managed four wins in that 25-game um, spell. Uh, his first game was a home game against Aston Villa, so kind of local derby. So, you know, the West Brom public would have been up for that one. They lost 3-0 at home that that time, that game, and it took him six games to get his first win. So, there's a good one for you, Leeds fans. I feel you're full of confidence here on this, uh, on this Thursday. They haven't got so, six games. That's the problem. <laughs> that's the problem, isn't it? Yeah. This is a net three-game run for him, isn't it? Like, this one's written off. Let's be no made the bones about it. That defence is a shambles. That's the only way you can describe it. What You can work with what you've got to work with. You know, people have again said about Dyche going to Everton. Well, he had um, Keane and Tarkowski. You, 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 they've got some material there to work with to try and tighten them up. This leads defence all over the place, and they have been for, for seasons now. So, Allardyce, two years out of the game going into this one, I, I, I can't see it. Uh, and, and Nigel said, City's record against those sides in the bottom half uh, it's phenomenal. It's well, it's phenomenal against anyone, really, isn't it? But you know, I drilled down a little bit further. So that bottom five, and given my bet is the half-time bet. Um, Southampton bottom of the table were two 0 down at half-time, and the he had Everton were one 0 down at half-time. Forest were three 0 down, and Leicester were three 0 down all at half-time. So that's three wins and a push. And Leeds, obviously, the final member of that bottom five. And it, it was three 0 at half-time here in this game last season. So thinking more of the same in this one. And Man City minus one, first off, Asian handicap at minus one one four is my play. Brilliant stuff. Uh, it's going to be interesting, isn't it? Sam Allardyce has said that he's as good as Jurgen Klopp. He's mm. as good as uh, Pep Guardiola as well. I don't know how much of that is him t- trying to take the pressure off the players and put all the focus on him. Maybe mind games. Who knows? I don't, but think, that helps. I don't think that helps the cause. I, th- I think that pumps up a little bit Guardiola, doesn't it? I don't, I don't think that's a very sensible move to do. You know, you, you're fighting for your life and you're saying that you're as good as... Probably the best, the best two foot soccer managers we've had in the Premier League ever, and you suddenly tell him you're as good as them. Yeah. His four game uh, contract is comparable, but other than that, I think he's yeah. uh, living in dream world, isn't he? The only he's just, I mean, he's on two million if they stay up as well, allegedly, and he gets mm. the, the four game contract, and, he's, and his fixtures are Man City away, Newcastle at home, West Ham away. That's the key one, and, and then obviously Tottenham uh, on the last day of the season at home, which is another really big game. So really, he's on a two-match run, isn't he? When you think about it, he's, he's got two matches to see him up. He's got two mil- two matches to get two million. Mm. I'll give it a go. If he, if he fails tomorrow, you know my number. We get one each. Give me a call. Give me a call. <laughs> Brilliant stuff. Brilliant stuff. Um, let's take it on then. Uh, let's have a look uh, at the game between Bournemouth uh, and Chelsea. Jack, um, two teams level on points going into this one. And I never thought I'd say that about Chelsea and Bournemouth at this stage in the season. I don't think anybody saw that coming, but Chelsea are in a bit of trouble and they travel to Bournemouth this weekend and they're hoping for it not to get worse. You were very kind there saying a bit of trouble. They're an absolute disarray, aren't they? They're an absolute shambles. Um, And I think it's been well documented by everyone connected to the club and, and not connected to the club. And I think at the start of the season, if we were saying this game and we were having a bet on it, and saying we're going to take on the worst side in the league, we probably would have been expecting to be all over Chelsea beating Bournemouth. But 
no, I'm taking on the worst side in the league. And that, that side is Chelsea at this moment in time. Um, I picked it out a couple of days ago. Money's come for Bournemouth since then. It's still a playable, uh, in my opinion, at plus 255. Um, so money has come for them, understandably so. Uh, do I have rock-solid confidence in a, in a phenomenal Bournemouth display here? If I'm being honest, probably not. But am I confident that Chelsea are a shambles and are just counting down the days until the season officially ends? Yes, I am. And having seen them and listen to what other people have said about them. They are just all over the place. Um, let's look at Bournemouth. They've won four of their last five games and we talked about sides being a little bit undervalued. Probably Bournemouth come into that category right now. Uh, if this was a Brighton, a Brent, um, Brentford, those kind of sides, a Fulham that had gone on this really good run, we'd be seeing a lot more um, kind of love for the for for. for the bet and for Bournemouth to be fair um as you rightly say 39 points now they're on so all but mathematically safe but they know another win here certainly would be that job done as what they'd set out to achieve at the start of the season and fair play to Gary O'Neill for doing that we've talked about that over the few weeks as well that he has done well having been left a, a bit of a hospital pass I suppose from Scott Parker way back at the start of the season so fair play on that we, we stretched the, that run back a little bit further they've actually won seven or 12 so we're talking about a third of the season there and they've won seven of those games that's that's, that's a fantastic achievement for a side like Bournemouth they've got about 10,000 supporters in that ground filled um, at the weekend and they will be bang up for putting one over on Chelsea, going above Chelsea in the league, securing their own safety. There could be a real carnival atmosphere down there in a tight little ground that a lot of these Chelsea players will be going, what the hell is this about? This isn't what you know what we're used to. So um, over that five-game period, only Man City, Liverpool and Man United have picked up more points than Bournemouth. Um, and at that same point in time, Chelsea have got one point and scored two goals in those last five games. Um, lost all six under Frank Lampard, of course. We've talked about that as well in all competitions. Only scored two goals, which lies where their problems are. They just don't look like really creating the chances to score and scoring the goals that are going to cause sides problems. Um, and defensively, again, they, they look all over the place as well. They, they've certainly checked out. Interim managers don't tend to work. Let's be brutally honest about it. You know, These players know that Frank Lampard is not going to have anything to do with his club going forward after these games finish. Pochettino is supposed to be coming in. Is he coming in? When's he coming in? Messages will be going out to players. Have you played for him? What, you know, what, what's he like? What's going? To, what should we expect? And so on and so forth. That's where their minds are at the moment. And it shows on the pitch. And, and Lampard's come out and said it. You know, He's described his side as being too nice to play against, too soft. They're passive defensively. They're nervous on the ball, playing it safe, getting caught out. Um, he's called out the behind the scenes, which is a, an interesting policy for him. But I say he's got nothing to lose now. And I think he's gone into this club, which he loves, and looked at this dressing room and gone, I actually don't like these players. I don't like what they are. Um, and he said on the training pitch, he's seen that. He's seen that they're not really putting in the graft when they need to. To, to you know, Big squad, let me have a go. Let me get in, into this side. And they're not showing anything to, for, to, for him to want to do that. You know, he is chopping and changing his his um, formations and his systems, bringing players in. Aubameyang, the perfect example of that in midweek, came on out of the blue, not had a kick really for months, um, hardly had a kick in that game either. So nine touches, four of those were kickoffs against Arsenal in midweek and hooked at half time. So back to square one there. That was the 20th defeat for Chelsea in competitive football this season. That's the first time since 1988 that they've 
lost that many games in competitions uh, across the season. Um, and I'm going to take them to lose their fifth successive league game here um, uh, in a row. And that'll be the first time since 1993 that they've done that. So the odds, plus 255, I'm happy to take. Could play it safer with Asian handicaps and that, but I'm going to go for it as far as a Bournemouth straight up win here at plus, uh, decent plus money. Nice one. Uh, good stuff. Uh, and uh, I think that's a, a very reasonable way to approach it, given the form that Chelsea have been on. I saw them in the flesh the other night and they were dreadful. Um, I was trying to be polite before because they've <laughs> still got to play Manchester City. So maybe, <laughs> you know, maybe that'll be the uh, the one result that they pull out the bag this season. Mm. But anyway, um, Liverpool take it on Brentford. That's the late game uh, on Saturday. Um, Nigel, you've not gone for a result on this one. You've you focused on a particular player. Yeah, um, I think it'd be a great watch. I think it'd be a good game. I think Brentford, obviously, whenever they take to a pitch, is a great game. Whenever Liverpool have played Brentford, there have been some really, really good matches between the two sides over the last couple of seasons. Um, <clears throat> Brentford are a side that, you know, do well against Liverpool. You know, they, they really, I think, I don't think um, uh, that Jurgen Klopp will be um, looking forward to this match. I think I think Thomas Frank's side always come to Anfield and give it a good go and play them really, really well and go toe-to-toe with them. So I expect you know, a very, very good game of football. I was tempted by both teams to score. I was tempted by over two and a half. I was tempted by over three and a half, but I thought I'm going to go... If there's going to be goals, it's going to be likely it's going to come from a, a certain player. We've got two very, very good centre-forwards in action here who are great in form. Ivan Tony, obviously, for Brentford. And you've got uh, Salah from um, Liverpool. And it, being at Liverpool at home, being at Liverpool are minus $2 favourites. And I think Liverpool will probably edge it in a high-scoring game. I think the best bet here is Mo Salah to score at any time at minus 110. Um, probably not. I usually probably bet someone about plus 110, you know, on goal-scoring markets. But I think given the fact that I, I really do fancy goals here and the goals line uh, is such slightly moving up, I think obviously the, the, the goal-scoring markets have to, come down slightly as well. Um, Salah's hitting form just at the right time. Um, he didn't do anything really after Christmas, after the World Cup. He had a really disappointing couple of months. January was a really poor month by his high standards. And it was a really poor month for Liverpool as well, wasn't it? Now they're in form. Now they're up to fifth in the Premier League, which is a good achievement when you think how bad they were after the World Cup. They've got a goal, and the goal is to get into European football. They're not going to get into the Champions League, but they may be able to get in the Europa League, and that is their their target. And when they've got a target, Liverpool, like Manchester City, come good at this stage of season. And a lot of teams fall away at the wayside, but the bigger squad they have, the amount of players they have, and the big teams, and they're just relentless in their pursuit for, for a target. And I think the target here is European football, and I think they'll get European football. From Salah's point of view, I think the target may be potentially a move away from Anfield. Um, I don't think he'll be at Anfield next season. I think he, he wants away. I think Real Madrid are in the business of now buying players and I think Salah could possibly be heading to the Bernabeu. And I think that may coincide with why his form has been so good. Uh, 13 goals in his last 16 matches. Six goals in his last six games, including the winner. He's on penalties as well. Um, Liverpool get a huge amount of penalties at home. Salah will be taking the penalty. And I just think that in a game that produces end of season, we saw a lot of overs last week. I think the over trend will continue this week. I've got an over coming up. I think there's one well, both teams to score coming up, but I think that will cash an over as well. But I think in a game here where I was looking at overs, which is a which is a a, a worse price than Salah, I think this could be a three two match, three one match for Liverpool. Liverpool heavy favourites, and I think if they do score, Salah is on fire. And uh, I think he wants to move away from Anfield. So 
A motivated Mo Salah, minus 110 to score any time is my bet in this one, which is Liverpool against Brentford. Nice one. Uh, good stuff, Jack. Let's come back to you, mate. Brighton, uh, who, of course, chasing a European place, take on Everton, who are fighting for their lives. Uh, what have you gone for when it comes to this one? I'm going on a player prop. Um, not a player prop. I'm going on a team prop one here in this game. Um, we're recording on Thursday. Brighton play tonight. So um, this is obviously before we know the outcome of that one. But to be fair, regardless of the outcome there, it doesn't really impact what I've gone for in this particular one. Um, you know, we wondered what Brighton's reaction would be. They obviously shook off that FA Cup hangover last week um, with that thrashing of Wolves, 6-0. Um but let's face it, Wolves were woeful on, on the day and they might as well have turned up in flip-flops and a t- beach towel under their arm the way they played. So um, how much we can read into that, we not so sure. As I said, they play Man United tonight, so they'll be looking for a revenge there and, as you rightly say, keep their, their European hopes alive. So uh, that should be an interesting game tonight for for sure. Um, De Zerbi did rest a few players against Wolves, so you expect him to go full strength tonight. Um, and then possibly, depending on how that turns out, uh, a little bit of a mix and match possibly um, against Everton on, on Monday, this one. Um, one thing's for sure, though, they'll attack. That's what they do. And they certainly will want to against an Everton side that we know are not the best away from home. And that is definitely being kind to them. Um, one way away win all season, the two clean sheets away all season. Um, and I expect Brighton to score at least one goal in this one. Um they failed to score at this moment in time in just one of their last 21 league games under De Zerbi. My actual bet is for Everton over eight and a half shots, which is at minus 117, because I think that Everton are going to have to go for it. Um, I, I can't see them keeping a clean sheet against this Brighton side, so they will need to score at least one to get anything from the game, and they definitely knew, need to get something from the game. Currently second bottom in the table, one point from safety. And they're playing at a very interesting time. Um, Leicester played directly before Everton and then a massive game after them with Nottingham Forest against Southampton. So four games to go, very, very tight at the bottom. And obviously every point is crucial. So they will be absolutely having to go for it. And they have done that in recent weeks, to be honest with you. It's probably came as a bit of a surprise. You know, I've had an eye on on Everton's games. Um, We played the shots uh, earlier in the week at Leicester. Which um, which came in. Um, Everton had twenty three shots against Leicester in a two two draw, which sort of is very unlike what you expect from them, to be honest with you. But they've certainly been doing that a lot more uh, in recent games. They've had nine or more shots in twelve of the fourteen games under Sean Dyche since he came to the club. The only two times they didn't hit that number were away games at Arsenal and Liverpool. So you can probably forgive them for that. The other ones where they're in a more of a uh, even contest, uh, they've certainly gone over that mark. Um, all of the last nine games, they've um, they've hit nine or more, more shots. They had 10 in the reverse fixture as well um, earlier in the season. So all the stats points to that. And when you look at the, the head-to-heads between these two sides, um, Everton have had uh, nine or more shots in 10 of the last 11 meetings between the two sides. So again, an extra couple of days rest here as well, which I think could be crucial. As I said, they're certainly going for it. They need to go for it. And I say against the Brighton side that are likely to score against them, I think they're going to be uh, needing to score at least one or two and certainly have plenty of efforts to, uh, to, to break this Brighton side down. So over eight and a half shots uh, at minus 117 is my play in this one. Just before we move, they move away from that match, Harry, I am... Um... 
obviously we talk about the awards ceremony and uh, one of the big movers last week for the worst bet of the year was my bet on uh, Wolves plus one against Brighton and Brighton obviously winning six nil. Well, but obviously the contender is me from uh, the, the big big favorite is me from the hammock uh, in the seven nil <laughs> defeat, which uh, which is which which actually is the highest viewed video on because we win, which is probably the worst tip I've ever given in my life, and it's the highest view thing. Um, the, the, the time I tipped the three three draw and it coming to sixty six to one. 15 people watched it, 7-0 from a hammock, 55,000 people watching it uh, of me making a fool of myself. Just the way it happens, just the way it's like it is. But anyway, I um, I looked at these prices, right? And my, my reasoning was still there. I, I, I Wolves were dreadful. And I just can't believe they could win. And I'm sort of in, in a slightly agreement with Jackie. But Brighton at minus 330 to win at home against Everton. Everton at $8.00. Or nine dollars, I think now. I, 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 I mean, that is just crazy. I mean, Everton are fighting for their life. Obviously, they're not getting the form. They didn't play that bad against Leicester the other night. Fought back from a uh, from losing. You know, could have gone three one down. Played a, showed a bit of commitment. Calvin Lubin is back in the side as well. I think eight dollars is well worth a bit of pizza money. If you look at the the history between these two sides, last year Everton went there and won two 0 the year before, it was a nil-nil draw. Brighton struggled against Everton. Everton got a good record against Brighton. And I looked at the odds when the two of these played. Um, and they played last year. And Brighton at home were plus 105 to win this match. They lost it. Everton were rubbish last year as well. They're not, you know, it's, not like, it's not like some... No, Brighton have, slightly, Brighton have probably gone up a little bit. Not, not massively. And Everton have probably gone backwards a bit, but again, not massively. They were a poor side last year, just survived relegation. Brighton have obviously kicked on a little bit. But the difference between last year, plus 105 and minus 330, when Everton are fighting for their lives. I was really close to putting Everton plus one and a half up at even money. Win win by more than two goals. A team that are defensively sound and, you know, I think that could be a potential banana skin that. Anybody who's betting minus 330 Brighton to win this game, if you win it, you cash your ticket, you could have my email address, my number, Sealy Bookmakers, open <laughs> for business 24 7. Any currency, Bitcoin, whatever you want, we'll take it because you will lose money long term betting if you're betting Brighton minus 330 at home to Everton. Absolutely the worst price on the coupon or on the on the fixtures by a mile. They will win. They, they probably will win one nil. They probably will win. But three thirty. They beat Man United tonight. That price is going to even go higher. I mean, honestly, one plus one and a half Everton at even money. Honestly, that's just to me. That's just crazy. But I didn't put it in because I wanted to see what happened in the in the match tonight. But mm. they were plus one hundred five last year in the same fixture. Now minus three thirty. There's no way in a million years that the two sides. Have that Everton have gone so far back and Brighton have gone up. They have gradually, but not to reflect that kind of price. It was funny. My thought process was similar to yours. I was shocked to see them at that price. And given how they'd, what they'd done against Leicester, my mind was working on the basis that I've been keeping an eye on Everton <laughs> shots over the last two or three weeks, thinking, well, if that, that price is that high for them to, to get a result there, then we're going to get a decent play on shots. And for that to be under 10 so, so over eight and a half for me to be able to play that, I had to get on board. Even as I said, whatever happens tonight, it doesn't matter. It doesn't alter the fact that Everton should have nine or more shots in this game. Let's say, considering how they played, I think they had about sixteen or seventeen at half time against Leicester. I know they're different sides, but even so, 
Yeah, absolutely. And I mean, just looking at, just glancing at the Premier League table, you know, Brighton have had a good season in terms of scoring goals, but they, they do concede goals as well. It's not exactly watertight at the back, and which would suggest that they give up chances, which would suggest that Jack's play. Wolves had two or three chances last week before Brighton scored. They could have gone one, and that could have been a very different game. But um, I just, I, just purely on mathematics and purely on odds, and there is no way that there should be 330. If you, a team that minus 330 would be Arsenal at home to Southampton. That's wouldn't they, Jake? Yeah, Arsenal, Arsenal, Arsenal home to Southampton minus three thirty. Well, we know how that went, <laughs> or, yeah, or, or, or Bournemouth, or something like you know, a, t- a team like that uh, towards the bottom of the table. Everton and Brighton to be that price—that is unheard of. That teams in, and that just shows you how much there's money always for Brighton uh, for Brighton now on these on from these Asian syndicates. It's running scared of them, but and also you got to remember as well, the market always wants to get with teams that are fighting for survival. And, and Everton are fighting for survival here, and you can almost get double figures. I mean, it's well worth a bit of pizza money. Yeah, it is indeed. It is indeed. Um, final game. That game, by the way, the Brighton-Everton one is on Monday. This game's on Monday as well. Um, Fulham versus Leicester. Uh, Nigel, you've got a pick for us from this Yeah, one. I'm just going to keep it very short, Harry. I mean, we've gone through uh, all the matches in great detail, but I think this game produces goals. Uh, I really do. I think the way the two sides are set up under the lights up at Fulham, you know, you've been down there. So like I say, I always like watching football at Fulham and the way Leicester are playing at the moment. Uh, and they've got a bit of a swagger back about them. I know they, they drew 2-2 with Everton in midweek, but that was a disappointing thing. I think they deserved to win. Obviously, they had the penalty missed. Uh, Vardy hit the bar. And Vardy was another one I liked here for any time goal score. I thought if you want to do a parlay, put Vardy in and uh, Mo Salah was a, a weekend parlay or, or, or midweek, midweek, whenever you count Monday as a midweek or a weekend. But um, I just think there's goals. Uh, nine of the last 10 Leicester games, both teams have scored, yes. Uh, Fulham played against Man City and uh, played well in a 2-1 defeat. Uh, they, it's, it's, they played well against Everton in, the, in their home match prior to that as well as in a 2-1 win. They haven't got Mitrovic back yet. He's back, uh, I think, next week or the week after for the last two games of the season. But if Mitrovic was in the side, I would really sort of have a, have even more on because he's got something to prove and he's going to be rested. But without him, they're scoring goals. I think this has got the end of season feel to it. I mean, I think Fulham have, have surprised me really with their attitude. I thought they might down tools a little bit, but they're, they're playing some good football and they still want to finish in the top half of the table, which is massive for them. They're only five points clear of Crystal Palace in that top half of the table. So they want to finish as high as they possibly can and they return to the to the Premier League. And uh, so I think I think this is an entertaining game. Uh, everything Leicester do is about offence, defence they sort of forget about. And they leave themselves open. I mean, Jack just said there how many shots Everton had against Leicester. That's the kind of way they're going to play in this Premier League to, to, towards the end. They're going to go all out attack and not worry about it. We can see two, but we'll score three. And that has definitely been their approach in the last few weeks. They went toe-to-toe, I thought, in the last 25 minutes, half time, half hour against Man City with a better side. And um, I just fancy goals here. And if you look at over two and a half goals, it's a lot higher than both teams to score. And Bet Rivers are offering the best price in the world on both teams to score here, which is minus 142. And given that it's cashed in nine of the last 10 Leicester games, I just thought it's definitely worth uh, a bet here as my final pick in the Premier League. So both teams to score in what I consider to be an entertaining game along the River Thames, Fulham against Leicester. Nice one. Good stuff. Uh, let's summarise then the guys' picks. Let's start with Nigel's. He's gone for Manchester City at minus two on the Asian handicap against Leeds. That's at minus 
125. He's gone for Mo Salah uh, to score any time at minus 110 in Liverpool's clash with Brentford at Anfield. Then he's gone for both teams to score, yes, in the game between Fulham uh, and Leicester. That's at minus 142. Uh, For Jack, he's gone with Bournemouth to beat Chelsea at plus 260 um, in a bottom-of-the-table-ish type clash between those two sides. Uh, He's gone for Manchester City at minus one on the Asian handicap. Uh, They take on Leeds, of course, as mentioned. That's at minus 106. And then he's gone for Everton to have over eight and a half shots in their game with Brighton. That's at minus 21. And as always, that will be settled using the Opta data. So those are the guys' selections. Uh, Those games are spread out right across the weekend. Uh, So make sure you get those bets on on time with regards to uh, whichever ones it is that you're looking at. Um, Don't forget to follow us at Because We Win on all the relevant platforms. Make sure you're subscribed to the Bet Rivers Network if you're watching us on YouTube. And if you're listening on audio, then make sure you're subscribed on your preferred podcast provider. Leave us a review as well. It really, really does help. Uh, Any other business from from you guys? No, nothing from me, mate. Where are you at this week, Harry? Where are you going? Nowhere, nowhere. Oh, I have got a uh, rare the league off. Home. Yeah, well, <laughs> yeah. It was uh, it was go up to St James's Park and be heartbroken, and then still be stuck there the next day, or yeah, or just take a weekend off and and cover the game from afar, which is what I'm going to. You do mean the missus game. has said you're not allowed out this weekend? <laughs> no, <laughs> no, no, no. That's the truth. Actually, That's the truth. Actually, the missus is out this weekend, so she can moan yeah. every week about me not spending enough time with her, but. She's decided to go out this week, so it's not on me this time. Uh, I'll catch you all soon. Uh, Thank you guys for tuning in. As always, thank you to Nigel. Thank you to Jack. And we'll see you next week. Until then, goodbye. Thanks for listening to Betting Weekly English Premier League on the Bet Rivers Network. 